This is Sarah Westcott. This is Katie Willie. And this is To Be Read. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go along with them. I almost couldn't remember that for a second. I love cocktails, don't we all? Yes, that's what we were just talking about downstairs as we were making this. We were, weren't we? Are we? It's just like, sometimes I'm like, am I an alcoholic? But no, I'm not, because I don't need the drink. I just want to have it. just enjoy the drink. (laughs) I enjoy it On a random Tuesday. I will say that um, every Tuesday when I walk into my building... Um, one of the guys at the front will always say it's Tequila Tuesday or it's Tito's Tuesday. And today oh, he goes, so funny. it's two Tequila Tuesday. And I was like, oh, that's convenient because we're having a tequila drink. Two Tequila Tuesday. Yep. Um, I kind of want to hang out with that guy. This sounds fun. <laughs> uh, he's, he's old and he's got a mustache. So we'll just go with it. He's old and he's got a mustache. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. That reminds me. John keeps like asking. He's like. I bet I could grow a pretty awesome mustache. And I'm like, I will divorce you. Like, <laughs> we will get divorced. You will be sleeping in your I own will forcibly house. shave your head. <laughs> like, I will forcibly shave you. It will not happen. But anyway, how are you, Katie? I'm okay. Yeah. I'm right. Um, like, it's just I, fighting a cold, which is really annoying. Yeah. Um, this stupid weather and I know. school cancellations, cancellations are killing me. Uh, you had more than one because you had like, so power issues, today right? is Tuesday. Last yeah. Monday, the kids were off for MLK Day. Tuesday, we went to school. Wednesday, um, like three quarters of the town lost power and there was no school. Uh, Thursday, they went to school and then they got let out at noon because there was an imminent storm. Hadn't started precipitating. Let them out at noon. Yeah. Uh, and then Friday started as a two hour delay and then turned into a snow day. Really? For that storm. And then yesterday was a snow day. And then... This is what I was waiting to tell you about. I'm so excited. It makes oh, me so unbelievably happy. Oh, my God. We got an email um, from the school this afternoon that says, we want to make our community aware that the school district does not have any emergency days remaining for the 22-23 school year. Wow. With the possibility of the district having to use another emergency emergency day as early as this week also known as Thursday. Yeah. Uh, We are currently preparing a plan that would allow us to go remote for any further potential (gasps) emergency days. The pivot to remote learning will help preserve future vacation days, ultimately avoiding us having to cut spring break short for students and staff, which could severely impact student attendance and the education that could be provided on those days. Oh, So I can appreciate that. Yeah. However, my job does not allow me to pivot remotely. Right. So now I have to take Take a a day day. to stay home to teach my kids. Yeah. And help them with their remote learning. Not teach them help do remote learning but but i can't do my own job that's a fucking pain in the dick i am so annoyed and so then the one we i got downstairs was a different one um from our school principal the actual elementary school principal uh, basically saying that kindergarten and first grade is just going to come home with paperwork and a structured schedule for classroom paper paperwork and then uh, second through fifth is going to have a structured, and I'm like, great. That's crazy. So now it's like even more of a pain in the ass for yeah. me to say to my parents or my in-laws, can you watch my kids on the snow day? Because yeah. now I don't even need to just drive them there. I need to bring all of their schoolwork and then try to get them to do schoolwork right, too. Right, right. That's a pain in the ass. We have... We have only used one snow day thus far, and it was yesterday. That's good, because yeah. that's really all you've needed to use. All we've needed to use. They did get out early last, the same day as you guys did on Thursday, which, totally fine. I'm okay with that, whatever. Um, it sounds like they're probably going to be let out early tomorrow as well. I know Rensselaer already sent out a message saying they were going to be let out early. Yeah, I'm going to guess that we're probably going to get a notification. At least, I know I'm going to get a notification probably mm-hmm. later saying that they're going to let the school out early, if not today than sometime tomorrow morning yeah but like it's frustrating but at the same time it's like it sucks because i remember snow days as a kid like we had so many snow days but you also needed to have like a lot of snow and and now it's like oh shit there's like an inch falling on the ground like okay or there might be an inch falling on the ground and we're gonna just make sure everybody's home already yeah yeah i remember one time it was a couple years ago like right before christmas they it was like the day before christmas vacation 
and they sent out a message saying we're gonna close school today for the impending snowstorm that snowstorm didn't start coming until like 3 p.m i was like what the fuck yeah i took this day off so i could go and finish my christmas shopping and and now now you have your kids kids and there's no snow yeah Yeah. it was so it was so frustrating and anyway i will say i as much as i'll complain about it like yesterday i got up in the morning um this our plan was basically luke's gonna go to work um I was going to go to work. The kids were going to stay home and we just left them home by themselves for three hours. And it's not like I'm not super comfortable with it for a really long long, period of time, but like three hours with the fact that we knew on Sunday night that it was going to be a two hour delay. So it started as a two hour delay. Yeah. Um, We let them stay up later so they'd sleep in longer. So it was like. I don't have to wake you up at 6.45 to bring right. you to grandma's. I can let you sleep till 9, and then I left at noon. And then we went sledding, and I had a blast. Because yeah. it was an actual real snow It was. Day. It was a snowstorm. And, like, it's – I mean, it snows. It snowed all day, and it I did. loved it. I'm not and – And then we lost power last night. <laughs> we did use it. You did. Yeah. But I'm not the kind of person who plays outside in the snow. I like to look at it and cozy up with a book. But that's you ski. Me. I do ski. But that's completely different to me. Like, that's just something I don't like to – play in the snow like i feel like sledding i'm gonna end up in the snow and i don't want to <laughs> skiing more than likely i won't fall down i don't typically fall down and end up in the snow so that's okay with me okay the second i fall down into the snow in the skis i'm like no nah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go down and get a beer because <laughs> i'm i'm cooked like no thank you i hate being cold it sucks um yeah so anyway See, i don't really like winter activities but for some reason sledding i like because it's I get really warm walking back up the hill and yeah. we were at a place where they were um, using snowmobiles to tow sleds with the kids back up. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to ride? And I'm like, no, I'm getting my exercise. And oh, I'm like, fun. yeah, but it's uphill. So it's like double steps. I'm like, exactly. exactly. It's the point. It's the so point. I had, I don't know. It was fun, but. Well, really quickly before we start, go to our prologue, I wanted to show you something that Aiden brought me one day. So he came home one day and he's got this thing in his hand and he's hiding it. And he said, you know, my ELA teacher, blah, blah, blah. She gave me this thing and, and I wanted you to have it and i thought it was so sweet and so cute that he thought of me and it, it's just this little button that says ask me what uh, i'm oh, reading that's adorable. <laughs> it's purple with like little like kind of like pinkish light writing and i was like oh my god i like nearly that's cried awesome. i'm like i love it i love it i can't wait to wear it out but um so i wanted i just wanted to show you i that. like it i appreciate that and the fact that he gave it to you is adorable i know he just he knows how much i love books and like how much reading means to me <laughs> so like Anytime there's like book Books, talk, it's always something. It's always to mommy, yeah, um, or mom. As I'm like, he's about to be thirteen on yo. Sunday. Does and he I'm call like, you yo? He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't even call me mom yet. He still calls me mommy. I'm dreading the day that it changes, and I'm like, oh fuck, this kid is about to be thirteen. Yeah. It's coming soon. Like he probably doesn't say mommy in front of his friends. You know what I yep. mean? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm nervous about it. Anyway, um, I'm ready to drink this cocktail. So let's jump into our prologue. Yes, prologue. So, Katie, we read Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Um, You picked this novel just because I feel like it was just one of those ones that you hadn't read before and you'd heard good things about it or whatever. Yeah, it's been on my Goodreads for a little while. And you had said, um, let's pick a couple books. Yeah. And I I, I just happened to, I think, whatever order I sorted my Goodreads list of want to read, whether it was by rating or recent added, I happened to scroll past and I was like, that one. That's the one. Um, So here's a couple of quick facts about it. Um, It was first published on August 16th, 2011. (laughs) It is Ernest Cline's debut novel. He has has since wrote a sequel to the book called Ready Player Two, but it didn't get as as um, uh, it didn't hit the critics as as good as it as this one did. Um, there was something interesting that I was reading on the Wikipedia page. Um, I actually pulled it up here because I thought it was kind of cool. Um, let me just see if I can find that really quick. While he was promoting this book. He basically said that there is an Easter egg in his book and like to the first person who got it would win a DeLorean. Well, how the fuck did I miss that? Yeah. So like, so but I don't know exactly what it is, but let me just read this really quickly. So this is the Easter egg hunt promotion um, section on Wikipedia. It says 10, 10 months after the first edition's release, Klein revealed on his blog that Ready Player One itself contained an elaborately hidden Easter egg. This clue would form the first part of a series of stage video gaming tests similar to the plot of the novel. Klein also revealed that the competition's grand prize 
prize would be a DeLorean. The Easter egg was a URL hidden in the book for, for anoraxalmanac.com. This was the first stage of the contest where the 2011 Atari 2600 game, The Stacks, by developers Mike, Mike Micah and Kevin Wilson was featured. The game Ultimate Collector Garage Sale by Austin-based developer Portalarium was featured in the second stage of the contest. The final stage of the contest was announced on August 1, uh, 2012 and was to set a world record on one of several classic arcade or Atari 2600 games. This was completed on August 9th, 2012 by Craig Queen, who set a new world record in Joust. He was awarded the DeLorean on the TV series X-Play. That's so fun! Isn't that cool? Isn't I that really, really cool? I thought that, that was really funny. But, um, so that's, those are my fast facts, so why don't you give us a reader rundown? Right I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, in the year 2044, reality is an ugly place. The only time teenage Wade Watts really feels alive is when he's jacked into the virtual utopia known as the Oasis. Wade's devoted his life to studying the puzzles hidden within the world's digital confines, puzzles that are based on their creator's obsession with the pop culture of decades past and that promise massive power and fortune to whoever can unlock them. But when Wade stumbles upon the first clue, he finds himself beset by players willing to kill to take this ultimate prize. The race is on, and if Wade's going to survive, he'll have to win and confront the real world he's always been so desperate to escape. Nice. All right. right. Well, what's our cocktail, Katie? So our cocktail is called the Arcade because... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. There's a lot of arcade talk, a lot, and a of, lot of video games, culture and video game talk in yep. Player One. Clearly. Um, so it is tequila and bitters and grapefruit juice, and it's supposed to be simple syrup and champagne. We went with just a white wine instead because we always put our own twist on these drinks. Yep. And and, uh, and also when you leave the liquor store after you re- or before you <laughs> remind yourself what you needed to get there, you kind of add that. That's the problem. Okay, you ready? Cheers. Cheers. I'm a little nervous about this one. Grapefruit juice is not my favorite. Um. <laughs> it tastes like a grapefruit margarita. Yeah, with with wine. With wine. With wine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll drink it. Yeah. I'm not going to have round two when we go downstairs. Not going to be. We'll just drink the wine, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if we put the grenadine in it, if we'll do anything. What do you think? I kind of like it. I don't hate grapefruit juice, though. I hate grapefruit juice. So I don't put know, some grenadine in it. I don't it. know why I hate grapefruit juice so much. It's just, honestly, it's disgusting to me. Okay. Um, so that's, that's something. But let's just, I'm going to put a little splash of grenadine in it. Because I got to have that sugar and that red and see what happens. It's probably going to fucking suck. No, it's, <laughs> like I said, when have you ever put grenadine in something and have it been taste, well, that's have it true, taste but bad? It's just like at some point you're going to hit that the wrong, wrong, the combination, wrong combination and it's going to like, it's gonna be like mm. chemistry in your mouth is going to be like toothpaste and orange juice. It, dull, it dulls it a little bit. It dulls okay. it a little bit. Um, Okay. I like it. Let's go to the story. All right. All right. Um. So, Katie... Nope, I'm going to start with you this okay. time. Because I know what I thought about it, but I don't know what you thought about it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, neither of us I know. know. Um, I know. I've been purposely not rating things that we're reading I know, for the podcast. I you read them before just, me. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to tell you right now that I probably would rate this a three. Okay. Um, Like, it kept me engaged. I liked it. It was fun and interesting, but I feel like the fun and interesting parts were only the nostalgic feeling I got from like reading all the pop culture stuff and the TV okay. shows and the movies and the and the video games and that kind of thing. I think the story itself was kind of lacking. Like I just it just seemed to kind of bounce around so quickly from here to there to this to this this and like people are murder trying to murder me and like whatever. I enjoyed it i had fun reading it but at the same time it didn't it's not a book that i thought was like super well written in my opinion all right what do you think (laughs) i um i mean i don't really ever give books five unless i like really fucking love them i'm not giving this one a five Mm -hmm. i do however i did really really enjoy it um once i got past the um, pain in my stomach that made me nauseous about how fucking realistic some of this mm-hmm. shit seems like it's going to yes. be and yeah. really not that long. Um, I had a really hard time. Like the first couple of things and I'm like, oh, the stacks, they're literally just stacking trailer parks vertically so yeah. that they're closer to the city so that it takes up less space because people can't drive because right. there's no fucking exactly. fossil fuels because, exactly. because, 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 because yeah. there's piles of dead cars because and I was like we're heading there like yes. really quickly yes yeah um but the con- like all of the puzzles and the the concept of the puzzles i'm a huge puzzle oh, of course. Nerd. yeah so i really i <laughs> i liked it and then you know i'm 
four years older than you, three years older than you. Mm-hmm. So I was in the decade of the 80s, just a smidge longer, and I can yeah. appreciate some of it. I wasn't really into, you know, video games until I was probably in mid, mid-90s, mid but yeah. I did have a Nintendo, and I played it a bunch. Me we too. didn't have an Nintendo. Atari, but whatever. My, um, my babysitter had an Atari, and I would play a couple of games on that, which, and it, like, the Atari is so fucking, like, it's so weird looking, <laughs> yeah. and, like, playing it was really, like... Weird. fucking strange but um i get i get the like i get the nostalgia of it i i think one of the main one of the major issues i had with the book <clears throat> myself is just like this kid who is a 17 year old kid 18 year old kid has all this knowledge in his head like i realize that there's not much else for him to do but he can like seriously like memorize yeah and and beat like several games and he's watched certain movies like 47 times and like yeah. oh, you know what i mean yep. like it just it seemed it just it seems unrealistic to me, but then I think about the fact that there was nothing else. There's nothing else for them to do. Right. He doesn't have a job. He, he lives in dystopia. I he, mean, he lives in dystopia, and he spends more time in yeah. the Oasis, and like he does school through there, and which I yeah. thought I'm like we're real close to that, right? Let's I mean, talk about yes. pivoting to online learning. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of that. That whole thing kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like uh, when we were in the pandemic and stuff, it was like this is it's doing this kind of thing does a disservice to to children. Like kids don't learn well like this though in the Oasis, you're actually sitting inside of a class with an actual teacher and whatever. But like at some point, at some point, like that nobody's going to care anymore. You know what I mean? Like as they started getting all close to this, that was a a thing. Like they were just like, yeah, nobody really showing up to school anymore. You know what I mean? Like, Okay. Um, so yeah, I hope we never get to fully like fully virtual virtual learning. I, I think that that would be a very bad step to take. Though this country is coming not into, not in the right direction. It's not in the right direction. I mean, we're we're we don't pay teachers enough. There's a teacher shortage. There are is bus driver shortages. Like, there's going to be no way to get these kids to school at some point. Let alone people teaching the classes at some point. So I I don't know. I don't know. It's scary to think about and. Um, Frightens me a lot. (laughs) So page 24, Mm -hmm. the first note I took, um, after walking about half a mile, I reached a giant mound of old cars and trucks piled haphazardly along the stack's eastern perimeter. Decades ago, the cranes had cleared the park of as many abandoned vehicles as possible to make room for even more stacks, and they dumped them in huge piles like this one all around the settlement's perimeter. Many of them were nearly as tall as the stacks themselves, and then a little bit further down. Many of these vehicles had been in working condition when they were abandoned. Their owners had simply no longer been able to afford fuel for them, so they just parked them and walked away. Mm-hmm. And I, I, ugh. yeah, it seems it's kind of like when you read stuff like that, and like you know, we're going through, um, you know, a recession, inflation is crazy high, like people can't afford certain things. Like, luckily, right now, gas prices aren't crazy bad. But, you know, that's all cyclical stuff and it mm-hmm. goes up and it goes down. And it's like when you look at the price of like things right now, like eggs that, went, that are like $10 for a dozen eggs, you know, it's insane. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And and I was just reading something today like that, that um, like the egg companies, the big companies, they want you to believe that that price gouging is inflation and everything and like, you know, whatever. But it's actually just their corporate greed. Like, that's all that is. They're, really? they're just hiking it's up the prices. It's not actual like bird they're flu blaming They're blaming the avian flu and bird flu and just to jack, jack up the prices. Like, how sickening is that? It, it's really disgusting and disturbing and like... The problem with that is most people are going to blame the inflation and believe the corporation that, you know, it's because of the mm-hmm. bird flu that there's so much, so fewer birds like creating the eggs. But this, it's fucking bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like, it's all bullshit. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It so, just, I don't know. Luke was in the grocery store the other day, or not the grocery store. He ran into one of the, I think he went Cumberland Farms and he was like, I went to go just grab like a candy bar. He's like, and just regular candy bar sized candy bar was two fifty, mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, I can't, that hurts. Yeah. I yeah. don't, I don't get it. Well, I, it's almost to me, it, it seems like kind of like a domino effect. Like, you know, one company starts, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're just going to, and it's like, well, wait like, a second, if you get away with it and they keep buying exactly. it, then why wouldn't I do it Exactly. Too? I mean, people need shit, you know, people are not mm-hmm. going to stop buying stuff. It's, we need it. And it's, it's just the same thing with gas prices. Like, you know, people would always People love going on Facebook and complaining, oh, gas prices, thanks, Biden, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, 
What's it going to change? You, you got to go places. Yeah. You got, you're yeah. going to drive, right? Yes. You're going to fucking buy it. Yeah. So, I mean, you buy a fucking gallon of milk for $5. What's the difference? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just drives me insane. Anyway, we're deli- <laughs> <laughs> We took a fucking sharp turn. Um. That's right. Right <laughs> along with that, the next thing that I wrote down is on page 59. Okay. Um, first of all, actually, I'm going to take a real quick pause on this. No, let me finish this one and then I'll switch. Mm, okay. No. Um, <laughs> So I every I oh, read your this, brain, Katie. I love it. I read this book really fast this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was home. I have had kind of have a cold going on. We didn't do much of anything. I put on clothes to go to a soccer game and a basketball game one Saturday, one Sunday. I came home and took the clothes right back off and put my pajamas on and kept reading. Um, but I felt like I was actually logging into the book every time I was reading it. Like oh, he does, funny. like he logs yeah. into Oasis, and it stems in a very, 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 very large fact of the. I, I have accepted that I now need reading glasses. Oh, geez. Okay. So, so you put on the During glasses. the day, in the sunlight, I don't need reading glasses. But when it's like this kind of light, I yeah. can't fucking read. And so I brought my reading glasses, and I wasn't going to read you the next section because the last one, I was like, fuck, I should have put them on. <laughs> so... Ta-da! Oh, I, I love glasses. Katie's reading glasses. She looks so cute! <laughs> so, back to the, what we were talking about. Oh, my phone just fell. Um... <laughs> In that whole concept of, you know, economy mm-hmm. sucking and reality sucking, this virtual reality world that, um, what's the guy's name? Wade. Nope. The creator. Hel- oh, J-M-H. Halliday. Halliday. James John Halliday. James Halliday. James. James Halliday. Yeah. Okay. So he created this whole virtual virtual reality world with yeah. his other, um, Ogden. his friend, yep. Ogden Morrow. O- Ogden Morrow. Um, where you basically log in and it's kind of like I never played Sims, so I don't know if Sims was anything like this. Yeah. But you basically are in just this world and mm-hmm. there's twenty seven sectors, which is the same number of cubes on a Rubik's Cube, which I freaking love that. <laughs> um and in each sector there's hundreds of planets, moons, yep. and all these yep. worlds that you can live on and like you you can almost visualize like this world is Minecraft world or this is Fortnite world and then and all of these things and all the everybody's avatars are all living in the same world and some places you can fight and some places you can't fight some places you can do magic some places you can't use magic yeah so it says this is talking about why Oasis blew up the way it did at the at a time of drastic social and cultural upheaval when most of the world's population longed for an escape from reality the Oasis provided it in a form that was cheap legal safe and not medically proven to be addictive the ongoing energy crisis contributed greatly to the Oasis runaway popularity. The skyrocketing cost of oil made airline and automobile travel too expensive for the average citizen, and the Oasis became the only getaway most people could afford. Mm-hmm. As the era of cheap, abundant energy drew to a close, poverty and unrest began to spread like a virus. Every day, more and more people had reason to seek solace inside Halliday and Morrow's virtual utopia. There's his name if I just freaking um, I I love the idea that, like... Um, <laughs> The people who created it, the two creators, James Holiday and Ogden Morrow, wanted to keep free. it free. It's a cost a quarter. It, the yes. cost of a I video game arcade. I absolutely love mm-hmm. that. And, like, the fact that, you know, the the big bads of the whole, the whole book, book is a corporation trying to come in and, and make it so you have to pay a monthly An fee. An $8.99 a month fee. Yes, or... exactly. Exactly. That was such a cool, like, that was a cool concept to me. Like, it's amazing that something so big can remain free. I mean, it's free to get into. Yes, but you have to, like, in order to get power-ups and, and yeah. buy certain things, you ha- you do have to spend money or whatever. And then, you know, Wade being completely poor at first until he won- he got, he found, he was the first, first person to find, not find the clue, but beat. The first person to beat the first get challenge the yes. puzzle to get the first key. Yes. And... And then he became fucking basically rich, richer than he's ever. Because it was on the planet where he goes to school. Yes. Because the yeah. planet that you go to school is where you go to school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, that was it. That was that was a fun little thing. Like it, it's <clears throat> it it was cool that um to see that you know something that big could remain mostly free for people to enjoy it because mm-hmm. they live in in a piece of shit world. You know yeah. what I mean? That being said, it is kind of scary that you're thinking about the fact that, like, you know, people are trying to escape actual reality to go into this thing. And, like, 
because you're losing actual reality. Is yes, because so it's so terrible that they have to escape it to and and live virtually and like you're just sitting there in a immobile you know, in, in, for the- immobile for how however long you're logged mm-hmm. in. And I mean, he's the way that he talks about it. He's sometimes in there for. 16, 20 hours. Yeah, like a day. One of the times he was there for over 24 hours, he was logged in. Yes. Yeah, because he was still working towards getting the key and whatever. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about, like, um, I did have... Hang on. Let me just... I I forgot that I took a couple of notes, and I did want to... So the first gate that he goes into... um, So wait, before we go there, let's just talk about... So the the whole concept of the book is um, the main creator, Halliday... When he dies, he releases this video that just gets blasted to anybody who's a user of Oasis, basically saying, I loved Easter eggs in video games. So Oasis has hidden Easter eggs and you have to find them. And there's three keys and you have to find them in order. And the keys open three gates that you have to find. And the final. So you find the key, you find the gate, you find the key, you find the gate. And then at the end, when you solve all of the puzzles and you get to the end, you are going to inherit control of the Oasis and, and all, all of my billions and billions and billions yes. and billions of dollars. Yes. Yeah. So for the first five years after he dies, it's like this massive, oh my God, we got to find it. We got to find it. And it slowly fades away because nobody's finding jack shit right. of any of it. Right. Exactly. But, but it then- this whole group of people that are specifically going into Oasis hunting called Gunters. Gunters, yes. And and it's funny to me that a 17-year-old kid is the one who... I mean, clearly, we knew that that was going to happen. Like, A, it's on the back of the book that it, it it's going to happen. And B, he's the main it's character the of, the point of the story. It's the whole point of the book. Like, you know immediately going in, this kid is probably going to win yeah. at the end. It's, like, he's, he's a poor kid. It, yeah. He's going to find yeah, yeah. it. You gotta beat the corporation guys um that being said the corporation guys were were pretty terrifying you know like it was kind of scary the fact that you know when he we'll go back to what i was going to say in a second but the fact that you know when he did find the first um the first key and then go in they offered him like millions of dollars they offered him a job they offered him millions of dollars just to help them Help along them find the way the rest of it yeah but it didn't matter because you you suddenly realize that it doesn't matter because they can track you wherever you go yeah listening to you like yeah so those offers are all empty offers in the first place and then they blew up his house and then with they blew up all his of whole the people stack living inside of it because like, they thought he was still in there yeah and he was just fucked up yeah very fucked up okay. I'm glad he wasn't in there. so hang on i wanted i do want to read the first the the quote um, the first quote that I flagged. It's not really a quote. Um, do, 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 if you're going to read it out of the book, it is a quote. Well, yeah, but book. I, so you know, <laughs> you know how I feel about, uh, I, I love any book that like pokes a little bit of fun at religion. And yeah. like, I, so I always, just like you with Alice in Wonderland, yeah. I've always got to flag yeah. it, flag it a little bit. There was so, no Alice in Wonderland in this book. Cause I no, was there expecting was not. some, I know, like all this was pop goonies. culture. There was Goonies. There was Goonies. Yes, there was Goonies. Okay. So basically, I think he's just one of my, like, I'm just trying to think. I think that this, this section of the book, he's just kind of grappling with being a kid in this kind of world where, you know, whatever. And, uh, our situation basically is what he's talking about, the human condition, everything, whatever. And he goes, it was not good news. I wish someone had just told me the truth right up front as soon as I was old enough to understand it. I wish someone had just said, here's the deal, Wade. You're something called a human being. That's a really smart kind of animal. Like every other animal on this planet, we're descended from a single-celled organism that lived millions of years ago. This happened by a process called evolution. And you'll learn more about it later. But trust me, that's really how we all got here. There's proof of it everywhere, buried in the rocks. That story you heard about how we were all created by a super powerful <laughs> dude named God who lives up in the sky? Total bullshit. The whole God thing is actually an ancient fairy tale that people have been telling one another for thousands of years. We made it all up, like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Oh, and by the way, there's no Santa Claus or Easter Bunny. Also bullshit. Sorry, kid. Deal with it. <laughs> so I'm going to say real quick, Producer Chris, if you can put a spoiler alert warning <laughs> right before she reads that quote that any children case, yeah. under 12 should not listen to that if yeah. anybody happens to be yeah. listening to that with their oh kids. god i really hope my kid just didn't hear that too. <laughs> we're soundproof right we're out. soundproof she's probably sitting right outside like what Fuck. <laughs> um you know what she's old enough if she heard yeah. that she's old enough um i just lagged <laughs> that because i thought it was funny but i did want to ask you a question in after he finds the first key and he goes to the first gate, he goes to Holiday's house, you know, his house, and plays on his, his old kids, computer, yeah. and then he jumps in through the jumps in through the gate. 
and he has to play the main part in the movie War Games. He plays Matthew Broderick's uh, part. So I was curious uh, if you could be pick any movie to be the lead in, Ooh. which movie would you pick? Ooh. And like, Ten I, things I hate about you. Ooh, I like that answer. Mm-hmm. I like that. So are you? Cat. I was gonna say, are you? Come are you? Now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's her sister's name? Bianca. Yep. Bianca. Mm. I was right there. I see. I feel like I would play Bianca because <laughs> in that movie specifically, I'd play Bianca. We should reincarnate the movie. Oh my god! Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like I just uh, love no. him. Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. My dog is barking. I can hear it. Um. Uh. Heath Ledger. Yeah. No, I loved Heath Ledger, but George- Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been like. And that's the difference Heart between you and me, me, 81, 84. Yeah, and also, like, I've always been drawn to, like, ner- nerdy types. You know, yeah. like, super fucking nerd. Sorry, John, I apologize. You're kind of a nerd. You're still hot, but you're a nerd in a way. <laughs> Grow a mustache. See what happens. Please don't. Um, I don't... I, I was, I've been, try- like, racking my brain about this. And you know what? The, the answer I'm going to give is probably the answer on a lot of women's Rockin' like my favorite movie of all time is Dirty Dancing. And if I could be baby with Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> Who is not in any way, shape, or form dorky. No, but he is goddamn, goddamn, he's hot. And like that movie, when I was a kid, I, I mean, that was probably my sexual awakening as a kid. Yeah. Like, oh, I <laughs> love this movie. And like to this day, I love that movie and can recite every line. So that would be the movie that. I would be placed in. I can appreciate yeah. that. I like yeah. that. Well, that was that a great movie. question. Yeah. Thank you. I, I also have never seen War Games. Or is that the name of the movie? Yes. He, okay. Yes. Yeah. War Games. Neither I've never I. seen it. Neither have and I. And I have seen a lot of those 80s. Um, it made me want to watch it. Like actually. Better Off Dead. I've wanted, yeah. I've seen a lot of those ones. Um, there was a page. I thought I flagged it. I guess I didn't or write a note about it where he talks about, um, is it John, John Roth trilogies? Is that what he had said? Mm. How there was like the nerdy triple, the triple nerdy movie. Uh, <laughs> John Hughes. Are you talking about John, John Hughes? Hughes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He talks about a triple like pretty in pink 16 candles. Yeah. There's like a, a dorky <laughs> three dorky trilogy for girls and a dorky trilogy for boys. And I yeah. wish I had flagged it. Cause I, I just really, that, I like that. Yeah, I would say I, I could also <laughs> be in Sixteen Candles because uh, Jake Ryan also also very hot, and I adore that movie. I think I've only seen that like twice. I, <gasps> I enjoyed it, but I love that movie so much. It's it's probably my second favorite movie out of out of all those movies. Um, love it. Grew up loving it. I should stop looking for this because this <laughs> book is not small enough for me. To just find it. <laughs> just like, I know oh it's God. on the top on the left. Can I tell whatever. you also? Well, like when, the first time I opened this book and saw the size of the words, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so it was Friday that I started reading it, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" It's three seventy one. <laughs> the pages are th- like thin paper, and there's yeah. a lot of words on each page. Yeah, I was like, it's "Shit!" A lot. I'm it's not going to get it done. But it was. It was. I'm not going to lie to you. This is the kind of book that. Yeah, it's a lot of information, but at the same time, the, like, pop culture references, you can skim through a lot of it. Like, you could skim over some of the things and just be like, yeah, I got that. Like, he's he's just going into fucking, like, you know, a nerd, paragraph nerd, of yeah, Dungeons exactly. and Dragons and his multiple faucet, faceted yeah. dice. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Another question. So, like, partway through the book for me, I was... I was wondering if somehow Ogden Mara would be a bad guy. I thought that too. Okay. Um, I'm glad he wasn't. <laughs> same. I think that it wasn't until it wasn't until the end where not the end end, but they get to a point in time where they're close to the third gate. They mm-hmm. know where it is. They have the key. They know that all three of them have to go or three of them have to go and open it at the same yes. time. And it's protected by the corporation IOI. By the Sixers, and yeah. The Sixers. <laughs> yeah. Ogden Morrow basically gets all of them safely to his house in, in Oregon yep. so that their actual physical selves won't get killed while they're hoping to continue their avatars lives right because when you die in the oasis you have to start all over yep. you can start a new one but you have to start all over yep. um and when they were all logged in to the virtual reality worlds in his house there was some part of it where all of a sudden i was like oh fuck maybe he's the guy that's mm-hmm. gonna like i was very worried about all. it i was very worried about it i was like 
Agden Morrow is somebody, you know, like they wanted to trust because he was best friends with James Holiday, you know, this person that they revere and they also revered Agden Morrow. So it just, it just, it was a little too like, too easy, too easy for me to be like, um, yeah, nothing bad is going to happen yeah. here. Like, it just seems a little... And that's where kind of like, that would have been a really fucking cool twist. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. It didn't happen. And uh, they made it through safely and they won the game. Or, you know, Wade won the game, which was cool in itself. I, I like that, you know, at the end, you know, James Holiday was there talking to him and telling him, you're the owner of this now. Like, yeah. you're the one. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. That's kind of cool. And it, it makes me want to read Ready Player Two just to see, like, where they all Did are. you look at what the actual premises? I did. Is it all the same characters, just It's the same characters. Like, yes. Yeah. So they're... what's the point of the book? Uh, I can't remember what the... <sighs> I feel like there was another... There was another Easter egg or something. Yeah, another okay. hunt that had to happen, and I can't remember exactly. I'll have to look at it later. But Maybe he puts his own into Oasis once possibly, he owns, takes ownership of it? Possibly. I, I can't can, remember. That would be cool. I but, would read that. Like I said, it didn't get very good. Yeah. Critic- like, it wasn't critically acclaimed <laughs> like this one was. Um, so, I, you were just saying, you said something that I was going to say something about. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> um, well, I was talking about Ogden Morrow being the bad guy, possibly. Um, how about... Oh, I really liked... I that was That's what it was. There was a point where he is... Um, I don't remember where he... He was in, like, the museum. He was on the planet with the museum of all the arcade games mm-hmm. going deeper and deeper and deeper into, like, this giant collection... And it's all based on Halliday's life and just it gets down to the point in time where he's at this bowling alley and playing this game of Pac-Man and Halliday's score is 10 points under the highest score you can have. And there's this frozen quarter on the top of the arcade game holding the next person's place and he decides he's going to play it. And I am glad that that quarter that he won by beating that high score came back Um but I really it would have been really weird if it added. Well, I really thought that it was gonna be that once they went through that gate, they, they were gonna end up at the bowling alley and have to play all of the games oh, in the arcade. Interesting. And he was gonna be one up yeah. of having already gotten the high score of one of the games. Yeah. So that's I I I wanted I, mean, I wanted the story to go that way. What's but... funny is like when you say one up, well technically he was one up because yeah. it was a life. Yes. Like and that's what yeah. whatever like always on like Mario Brothers, it was like one up. <laughs> <Is> that, <yeah. laughs> Except not that sound because I don't think that was right. But... No, but it was pretty it's pretty close. Something it's pretty like close. That. No, I, I really like I enjoyed all of that stuff. Like it was really fun to read like the the gameplay stuff. And a lot of the games that they talk about. I have I've never, no, I've never nope. heard of. Mm-mm. I mean, that's why some of the part, some of it to me was a little bit too convoluted because it's just like this 17 year old kid. He really has mastered all, all of the games. games. Yeah. Except Every he hasn't mastered one that games. one in four years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little while. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like Eric plays video games on a yeah, regular no, basis right it. now. Like, so does and my kid. So does my kid. He he's only six. So like, yeah. And Eleven more years, yeah. and he probably got some of them mastered. I mean, you know what? Like he was. Listen, right but, now we're talking about the year twenty forty four. Wade hasn't even been born yet, right? You know, like right. the world is going to look a lot different. But the other side of that is the holiday Easter egg and him dying and all of that doesn't come about until five years prior. So right. he's only twelve <laughs> when he hears about this and. It's not like, yes, he had that previous year, but you're not focusing on the 1980s in 2040 or 2030. Right. Until all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, yeah, I died. Go figure out my shit. Right. Right. Find the Easter egg. And then you're going to. So he didn't that, even have his no, own life. But that being said, like, it was clear that he was obsessed with him before the whole time. he died. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly. That who wouldn't be really? I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. Again, yeah. the fact that this guy, a billionaire, was able to create these things that he then kept for free again for yeah. like the masses to enjoy because the regular world fucking sucked. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a pretty cool story. It's a pretty neat thing. So I can see why a kid who has absolutely nothing and no parents, right? No family. Yes. He's got his aunt Alice, who's a 
dick. A douchebag, yeah. Would would absolutely, like... Suck into it right yes, away, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's true. But it just seems like the kid has to have a fucking, like... He has to have a photographic memory. You can't pull every ounce of information that you ever read or heard about from your brain. You just yeah. can't do that. Like... I get the under, I do, I do think that there, there is something to be said about like when you're faced with a certain situation. Yeah. You could pull back in that information. But in my opinion, it's so fucking far deep in your brain. Like, you know, like yeah. it's hard to grab onto. Yeah. You know, that being said, <laughs> I do remember like certain Random phone numbers ass. and like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But your best friend's phone number. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I remember it. I remember my first crush's phone number. Yeah. I remember the number that both of our numbers added, added up. up together. Yep. Wow. Sure do. All right. One six five five one two zero eight. Sometimes I just recite that to myself to be like, yeah, I remember that. That's fucking weird, is it not? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a little weird. <laughs> Because I definitely added phone numbers oh, together all the oh, fucking yeah. time. Oh yeah, I will never tell whose that phone number, who whose other phone number that belonged to, because he turned out to be a douche. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that what was else? A fun oh, so my next note that I have, it's not an actual quote from the book, um, but I wrote that it, it, you said it was 2011 when the book came out, right? Yes. Which happened to be the same year as Life of Pi, which is just yep. fucking weird. And I just nope. thought that now Life of Pi was 2001. Right. Yeah. 9 11. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. mind. Scratch that. Uh, <laughs> it's not that weird because it wasn't the same year. Um, I did write down that this was written pre COVID before all the anti human contact for deliveries and et cetera occurred mm -hmm. because that was a huge thing. Like, yeah. everybody, can I get it delivered? Do I have to pick it up? Can I go to the grocery store and get it without having to talk to anybody or see right. anybody? Right. And I, we're still. That's never going to go away at this point. No, no, but no, no. The, uh, he was talking about getting something delivered and his contact list delivery. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, no, I, I loved that. Like, it, it seemed so prescient like it was just yeah. like wow this actually really kind of it's kind of scary because it's not this it's not exactly the same like he was fucking like hidden behind a fortress of shit he is like people are coming after me I, like you're right. gonna have to like put your freaking fingerprints on this to get into this but war. it was also even before that when he was living in the stacks they were talking about how they get to stuff delivered yes yes oh i thought i there was a another quote i wrote down that i or not a quote a thing that i wrote down um Right back, going back to the fossil fuel thing. And I thought I said this, but I didn't. Um, there was a lot of talk, a, a lot of um, mention of the lack of fossil fuels. And at some point it dawned on me, I'm like, he hasn't mentioned water and like fresh water supply at mm -hmm. all. And I know that that is something that is concerning at, at, at this stage of the planet. Right. Um, and I thought it was interesting that it, it, it wasn't really mentioned at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of crazy because I mean, that's, that was kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. And it was certainly an issue back in 2011 too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing, uh, ongoing problem. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there was one thing that I, that I flagged that I was just thought was like, wow, this is pretty fucking disgusting and, and, and weird. Um, <laughs> they basically had, um, sex dolls. Uh, yeah, and he sure did. Just one, you got one. Yeah, and it was just a glorified masturbation. Yeah, like <sighs> what? I mean, but goes, also, I dri mean, driven by loneliness, curiosity, and raging teen hormones, I'd purchased a mid-range ACHD, which stands for anatomically correct haptic doll. Uh, the Shaptic Uber Beauty. <laughs> a few weeks after <laughs> Artemis stopped speaking to me, after spending several highly un unproductive days inside a standalone brothel simulation called the Pleasure Dome, I'd gotten rid of the doll out of a combination of shame and self preservation i mean god that's just that's just that's really a teenage boy that's really no i know i know he goes he goes on to say i felt no shame about masturbating thank goodness because that is not yeah. a shameful thing you should never feel shame about that thanks to anorak's almanac i now thought of it as a normal bodily function as necessary and natural as sleeping or eating you are so right my friend absolutely right i loved that whole description it's yeah. like yeah you just gotta kind of freaking do it otherwise yes. you won't be able to focus on anything yes exactly and like okay so here's from anorax like let's just continue on yeah you might as well. thing so here's from the almanac what james holiday said okay so it says might as well go ahead and finish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i should so it says uh anorax almanac 241 uh 87 
I would argue that masturbation is the human animal's most important adaptation, the very cornerstone of our technological civilization. Our hands evolved to grip tools. All right, including our own. You see, thinkers, inventors, and scientists are usually geeks, and geeks have a harder time getting laid than anyone. Without the built-in sexual release valve provided by masturbation, it's doubtful that early humans would ever have would have ever mastered the secrets of fire or discovered the wheel. And you can bet that Galileo, Newton, and Einstein never would have made their discoveries if they hadn't first been able to clear their heads by slapping the salami or knocking a few protons off the old hydrogen atom. The same goes for Marie Curie. Before she discovered ra- radium, you can be certain she first discovered the little man in the canoe. <laughs> I freaking love yeah. that. I loved, yeah. loved, loved, loved I that. I definitely loved it. I loved when I got to that part. Yeah, yeah. That, like, there's a lot of good humor stuff yes. in here, which yep. I really did like. But like, it, I, like going back to you know, it, it just felt. It just feels a little too crowded in places. Like some things happen really quickly and easily, and some things take fucking like forever. To um, happen. I feel like the the challenge. Once he got through the third gate, it was like only two pages. Yeah. Then it was like and bing 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 yeah. bing 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 and now I'm here in front it of him. And it's very yeah. yeah, it seemed very quick. And, it, it, and you know that was kind of the thing that was a little bit <clears> annoying. Like a pinball like, machine almost. Yeah, like, bing, 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 yeah. Bing. But um, I kind of I did love that he got to meet the people that he was playing with in yes. person. Like that to me saved it a little bit like you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. i kind of figured that was going to happen came back around to being actually out yes. of yes virtual reality and they and even real they real even reality. say at the end you know he's talking about how you know i i i could stay here forever with artemis like i i don't even want to like i have I no wanna, desire I to log, back, log in. back in right now which i i loved because he finally had an actual human interaction and connection with somebody outside of that world and the fact that his best friend h i adored that twist was waiting for you to get to this part i adored that twist like he's thinking it's this you know this this fun loving dude white dude and it's a black female like and he like they kind of meet each other and she's like clearly nervous about it and he just walks in and he's like I can tell she's nervous about this, but this is my best friend. This is the person who knows me better than anybody else. I do not want her, uh, like, she she is who she is, or he is. You know what I mean? I loved I loved that. So I, I flagged that page. Hang on. Let me put these back on. So fucking read shit. A heavyset African-American girl sat in the RV's driver's seat, clutching the wheel tightly and staring straight ahead. She was about my age, with short kinky hair and chocolate-covered skin, chocolate colored skin that appeared iridescent in the soft glow of the dashboard indicators she was wearing a vintage rush 2112 t-shirt and the numbers were warped blah 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 what she's wearing um i stood there for a minute staring at her in silence waiting for her to acknowledge my presence eventually she turned and smiled at me it was the smile i recognized immediately that cheshire grin never mind there was alice in wonderland yes best friend has a cheshire grin the whole time how did i Whatever. I totally forgot I about that. About I totally down. forgot about that. Anyways, that Cheshire grin I'd seen thousands of times before on the face of H's avatar during the countless nights we'd spent in the Oasis telling bad jokes and watching bad movies, and her smile wasn't the only thing I found familiar. I also recognized the set of her eyes and the lines of her face. There was no doubt in my mind. The young woman sitting in front of me was my best friend H. A wave of emotion washed over me. Shock gave away to a sense of betrayal. How could she, how could he, she, deceive me all these years? I felt my face flush with embarrassment as I remembered all of the adolescent intimacies I'd shared with H, a person I'd trusted implicitly, someone I thought I knew. And then when I didn't say anything, her eyes dropped to her boots and stayed on them. I sat down heavily in the passenger seat, still staring over at her, still unsure of what to say. She kept stealing glances at me. Then her eyes would dart away nervously. She was still trembling. Whatever anger or betrayal I felt quickly evaporated. I couldn't help myself. I started to laugh. There was no meanness in it, and I knew she could tell that because her shoulders relaxed a little bit, and she let out a relieved sigh. Then she started to laugh, too, half laughing and half crying, I thought. Hey, H, I said once her laughter subsided. How goes it? <laughs> and then she goes on to say, um, oh, I wish I had flagged. Mm-hmm. What's the story? Okay, H, I said, tell me your story. She flashed her Cheshire grin and took a deep breath. The whole thing was originally my mother's idea, she said. Then she launched into an abbreviated version of her life story. Her real name, she said, was Helen Harris, and she was only a few months older than I was. She'd grown up in Atlanta, raised by a single mother. 
Her father had died in Afghanistan when she was a baby. Her mother, Marie, worked from home in an online data processing center. In Marie's opinion, the Oasis was the best thing that had ever happened to both women and people of color. From the very start, Marie had used a white male avatar to conduct all of her online business Mm. because of the marked difference it made in how she was treated and the opportunities she was given. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Hey, they use that to their advantage. Like, good for them, Mm -hmm. you know? But I did, I did love that because A, it brought a little bit of a diverse, like, thought into this book which you know needed which it. hadn't because i mean even though when they were first describing the avatars you can be anybody you want to be you can be any size you can be any shape you can be any gender you can have any hair color you can be a freaking ogre or whatever yep. orc all those weird yep. things that live in land not land of time <laughs> lord of the rings you can be any of those things but to actually use it to your advantage yes yep exactly yeah it was pretty cool it was pretty cool and i i just love that like even though he was shocked at first, like he recognized his best friend in that person and was like, yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. This is the yep. person that I've spent. Like, yeah, I met them in, in a, in a simulation, but like, they know everything about me. I know everything about her. Like we are best. We friends. are the same. Yes. yes. Granted, we've never met face to face, which he hadn't still with the girl that he claimed to love at that point in time. Cause he had gone on virtual dates almost. Yeah. See that. And that was another thing that was like, it, it was too, like, it wasn't, that wasn't developed enough for me. Like, it just kind of very much like, yeah, we knew he had a crush on her and they like chatted. They met a couple, they met that time in the, in the, you know, in the chat room and whatever. And then suddenly they were like together all the time and they were dating. And then he said, I love you. And I want to be and with then she you. Was like, and she's like, peace out, you know, whatever. And all because, like, I'm sorry, like, all, all because she has a birthmark on her face. Like, it kind of frustrated me. I wanted like, to know more of her story. Like, I feel like maybe she had a boyfriend, an ex-boyfriend could be, that yeah. was, like, a douchebag. And she was like, mm, nope, yeah. you don't know me. We probably learn more about me. her in Ready Player Two, honestly. So. Like, because... Well, that makes sense. Like, as far as I know, they're engaged in in the book. Um, but uh, whatever. I, I don't know. It just... That wasn't... To me, that wasn't the central focus story. Like, I liked Wade and H much better. Like, I was just like, I liked that pairing of people. They just seemed to, like, really, you know, get each other and love Mm -hmm. each other. And I liked that. I liked that. I liked that part of the story much more than I did him and Artemis, which was fine. Whatever. (laughs) You know, I love a love. You know, I like a love story and whatever. I liked it much better once they met in person and, you know, they were. she actually. Yeah. Opened opened herself up to him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I only have one other quote. And it is when he is escaping. So he basically gives himself up. He he comes up with this master plan to um, get into the third gate. Because everybody knows that the third gate is in Castle Anorak, which is where James Halliday's main character lives. Yeah. the IOI, the evil corporation, puts this giant bubble around it. Can't get in. Can't get in. He comes up with this plan. He foreshadows the plan a whole bunch without actually telling us what the right. fuck it is. I That drove, drove me absolutely nuts. I'm like, can you just please tell me what your fucking yeah. plan is? Like, yeah. give me some kind of hint. Yeah. Um, but it basically, he makes it seem like he's totally broke. He is indentured to this company. It, he basically becomes a slave. They yep. take all of his credentials. They put him, he lives in the corporation, in the virtual virtual reality right. world, um, I think, right? No, it's real. Yeah. It's actually real. They took him out. Yeah, they took his, him. Like, oh, right, right. Like, yes. They broke into yeah. his apartment. Never mind. I had, there was a couple times where I had a hard time. Was like, it's hard to is decipher he in the whether or not. Yes. Or, no, that yeah. was real. That was real. Okay. Yes. Um. So he essentially... Plants. He would have to. He had to log in to be like a, a like a customer service person, right? That's okay, his, yes. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he basically like encrypts all this code into their corporation because he's got access to parts of the internet and can. Well, and he had bought this like password. Yeah, thing. made yeah. like the, the. He did a couple sneaky things yes. like that where he was like kind of like a. But again, it wasn't really explained to us no. very well, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> or we just don't understand because we're not fucking cyber. Right, dorks, sure, yeah, which is possible to me. Um. 
So he's in this corporation and then he decides that he's done all he needs to do and he's going to leave. He's going to break out and he has stolen like regular clothes. Yep. And as he's walking out and tell me I didn't freaking flag where it is. So he puts on like regular clothes. He's not in his normal uniform. He's wearing like a janitor's uniform, I yes. think, as he leaves. Okay. Halfway <laughs> halfway to the doors, I noticed an odd sound. It's page 297. And glanced down at my feet. I was still wearing my disposable plastic indent slippers. Each footfall made a shrill, mm. shrill squeak on the waxed marble floor, standing out amid the rumble of sensible business footwear. Every step I took seemed to scream, hey, look over here, a guy in the plastic slippers. But I kept walking. I was almost to the doors when someone placed a hand on my shoulder. I froze. Sir? I heard someone say. It was a woman's voice. And then basically she just says, your ear is bleeding. And then he keeps walking away. And I immediately was just like, no one looks at your shoes. That is the only takeaway I've ever had from Shawshank Redemption is that no one ever looks at your shoes. Really? Yes. Have you ever watched that movie? Yes, I have. But I remind me of the... Remind me so of he the... walks out of the freaking prison or he's gets out of the prison with the guy or he walks out of the warden's office with the warden's shined polished shoes on his feet while he's still in a jumpsuit and his main his main quote is no one ever looks at your footwear no one ever looks at your shoes oh i like that yeah so i like i read that and i was like oh yes that kind of reminds me of something yeah um that's funny that's really funny because it's not like that was the era that they were looking at no, for like pop culture all. references. You know what I mean? But I'm curious to know if that's what he was thinking of when he wrote that part. I that's say yes. Funny. I say yes. Um, I think that I, I don't have anything else to say on this matter. Do you? Uh, so the only thing I really do want to say is I did start watching the movie last night. It right. Was you did like mention that. Right before eight o'clock. And I was like, mm, I kind of just want to chill on the couch and watch TV. And my kids were doing whatever. And it was almost time for them to go to bed. And I was like, I'm going to see how long the movie is. And it was two hours. I'm like, let me start the movie. Yeah. So I got 45 minutes into the movie and lost power and was like, fuck it, I'm going to bed now. Um, But for the first 45 minutes, I like it. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. Yes. Did you say that John and Aiden watched it? John and Aiden it? watched it. Okay. it, yeah. Okay. It, it's good. Yeah. I like it. However, John and Aiden like, like action things yes, and like whatever. Right. Yeah. So compared to the book, in the first 45 minutes, I was like, no, he already knows Artemis. Not, like, real well, but just, like, he bumps into her, like, pretty early, and then they're, like, kind of friends. Yeah. But does he know it's Artemis? Yep. Okay. And then the first challenge, he has to win a race, and that gets him through the gate, and then he gets the key. So it's flipped. As opposed to using the key to get through the gate, you get through the gate, and then you get the key. All right, that that's a, like that seems that's like a stupid like, like <clears throat> change. Like, why change that? I don't know. But then, pretty much right after that, my power went out. So I'm gonna continue watching it because I also was laying in bed while I didn't have power, thinking, "Fuck! I just paid four dollars for a rental from Amazon Prime, and I can't watch can't it for the first fucking yeah." I, I don't have could, my power. I bet you could reach out to customer service I'm and sure. be like, "Hey, this this happened." You know, I'm whatever. also just gonna go home and watch it when I get home. There you go. There you go. <laughs> But um, I think that's all I have. I, I I liked it. I'm glad we read it. No, me too. I am too. And like it was fun when I bought it. When I bought it, I bought it from a physical, like actual bookstore. And the like sixty something year old cashier was like, "Oh, I love this book." Blah blah blah. You know, whatever. You, you know, know why? Because she fucking lived through the eighties. Yes, and all of that. Probably shit. exactly all of that pop culture reference stuff. Yeah. How old was, is Ernest Klein? Did you mention that? Uh, he doesn't. So he, there's a picture of him. He doesn't seem to be that old. Maybe in his forties. Um, I don't have, if you Google him really quickly, he looks to be about in his forties, maybe late forties. So that would make sense. <clears throat> uh, he was born March 29th, 1972. Oh, so, so he's, he's nine years older than me. So he yes. just turned 50 last year. He turned 50. Okay. So, so he, yeah. So, so he was a teen. Is that how old 40s. Halliday was? He was Halliday 60 w- something when he died. Yeah, but they said that I think he was he might have been that might have been his same birthday because he they said he was a teenager in the 80s and I yes. remember thinking yes. that in 1980 he turned 18. Yes, you might be right. 1990 he turned 18. Yes, you might be right. Yes, that makes sense. That makes total like sense, that. yeah. Um okay, let's go to the epilogue, epilogue. then. Epilogue. Epilogue. So, next we are reading for episode 27. Can you believe we've done 26 episodes? Can you believe that's more episodes than people that listen to us? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Whatever. I have fun talking about books. I freaking love it. Um, So, episode 27, we are reading You Can't Catch Me by Catherine McKenzie. I picked this book. Um, It was one that I 
I feel like I, I, I caught you- wind of it at some point, and then I got it from one of our book swap things. Yes. And um, it was one of those things where I'm just like, I'm never going to get the chance and time to read this unless I put this on our list. So I'm pretty sure the one after that is the same thing for me. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. Um, so that's our next one. Um, so and that will come out hopefully two weeks after this episode drops. Um, so you can follow us and uh, and subscribe to us. Uh, on Apple or Spotify, To Be Read Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at To Be Read Pod. Um, Email us at Gmail. Yes. At To Be, to be Read, Read Podcast pod. at gmail.com. Yes. Um, give us, you know, comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, tell us what you think we should read. Uh, I love when people ask us, you know, hey, maybe you what should What do you think this about book. this book? And we look at it and we're like, yep. Yep. We'll put that on that. the list. We'll put that on the list and we're, and we're going to read it. Um, so as always, uh, thank you for listening and join us next time. When we make your two-be-read pile one book shorter. Skinny drunk? No. I just <laughs> forget where I am. <laughs> Bye, everybody. To Be Read is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willey. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turo. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Maffa. 